Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto. I'm Ash Bennington. I'm joined today by Mish Schneider, Managing Director at Market Gauge, and Holden Milstein, Crypto Analyst at Market Gauge. Mish, you've been on Real Vision as a macro guest for many years. What's the 50,000-foot context for where we are in markets and crypto right now? Well, before we even get specifically to markets and crypto, I love your question, Ash, because when we did the conference in San Diego, I talked about the 30,000 foot, but we can go to 50,000 because I think we really have to understand where we are societally, not just in the United States, but globally in terms of this very, very high view. And we're definitely in an interesting period of some sense of revolution. And when I say revolution, I don't necessarily mean fighting in the streets, although we're starting to see that emerge in some countries. Um, but what I really mean is that everything about the status quo, and I like to take it back to really basically during the Bush era and when the Tea Party started coming up, that was really the first time the status quo in the United States, at least, was questioned. And of course, now we're seeing that question everywhere with Boris Johnson leaving as prime minister, Sri Lanka storming the president's palace. And so I think it's important to understand that because what we have generally after a revolutionary period, and this goes back to the beginning of time, and there are other books and theories on this as well, is that we go into a period of innovation. And then from there, we go into a period of complacency because everything is going so well, people sort of get fat and happy, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean we can't see overlap in there. And that's what makes what's going on in the market and what's going on with crypto so interesting because it's coming out of a sense, cryptocurrencies, a revolutionary spirit, particularly with the younger generations, the skepticism that we see, about governments, about banks, uh, pretty much about everything, about the free market. Um, and so cryptocurrency has a real future, even though at this point, it seems to be more of a speculative asset. And then, of course, if we look at the overall market, the market in terms of the skepticism is really reflecting not only the policies that we've had of accommodative Fed policy and just not just here, but even in Europe, but also it's questioning the idea of the fact that um, they weren't able to see the inflation thing coming. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that we are overvalued when it comes to so many big stocks, big tech stocks in particular, because of corporate buybacks and because of valuations that were based on a lot of that corporate buyback and algorithms and math that didn't necessarily make sense in terms of what real value is. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So if we come down to earth a little bit, where are we? If we look at the overall market right now, obviously we've seen this big drawdown from the peak in NASDAQ in particular, about 25%. But as we've seen in past periods, which was similar 
in revolutionary sense and then coming out of it a very big innovative period was in the 70s. And right now, what we saw in the 70s was a stagflation environment. And even though we're seeing calls for recession, um, and, and that could very well happen, um, it really seems to me that it might be more of a stagnating economy with periods of inflation, depending on what happens. I think the big thing now is geopolitics. So where does that bring us to crypto? So crypto is part of my economic modern family, which the Real Vision audience is somewhat familiar with at this point. I have the IWM of the Russell 2000 as the granddaddy and the retail consumer as the grandma. And crypto kind of fits in more with the consumer side because when the market was doing very, very well, crypto was doing very well as, uh, also. And I've met many, many people, not only who were speculating in crypto and making a lot of money, but people were actually taking that money out and buying things with it. So we put crypto in the modern family, but we're still evolving. We still want to really see where it is in terms of how it evolves in the economy and what 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 impact it has in the economy. For a minute there, we saw it was a hedge against inflation. Well, that didn't work out. And now that we're seeing it more exclusively as a speculative asset, it's interesting that it's sort of going more online with what's happening in NASDAQ. If you're looking at Bitcoin, then let's say right. with the S&P 500, and that makes kind of sense because it seems to be somewhat interest rate sensitive. So that's kind of the big, big, big overall picture. Mish, it's great to get the macro context, indeed the global context for this. You talk about some of the analogous periods that we've seen uh, before in markets. You mentioned the 1970s, obviously a time remembered for stagflation, a pretty miserable time uh, in markets relatively broadly. I'm curious, as you talk about crypto as a speculative asset, as we try and sort through what the underlying fundamental value of this is, I'm reminded of a time early in my career in the 1990s, you and I have both been doing this for a while. How do you think about the metaphors uh, that are being applied to crypto from the dot-com era? Are there some commonalities there? Are there some analogies? Or is that just a comparison that maybe is a bridge too far for you? Well, it's interesting that you would ask that question because when it comes to the dot-com bubble, Basically, just to review uh, for people who may not necessarily be familiar with it, it was a period of time where any company that went on the internet could add .com to the end of their name, and it was sure to be bought by speculators. And so that, I think, is probably the best analogy in that anything that was cryptocurrency, even the proverbial SH <laughs> apostrophe coins, <laughs> right? Exactly, meme coins. These, the, you know, everything was getting bought there for a while, and now, of course, we, you know, we've seen the 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 huge with Rap Luna that that whole debacle that happened. But here's where I think it ends and its differences. Although, again, if we're looking at that sort of revolutionary into innovative sort of cycle, there is another similarity in that, of course, what did survive from the dot com bubble? You, Amazon, Microsoft a host of other companies, many went out like pets.com, you know, it was just gone. Right. Um, so basically what we're looking at is what will survive. I think that could be another analogy. Do I think that Bitcoin and Ethereum will survive? Absolutely. Um, but then I think the, the, the similarities are, is that um, at that particular time, the economy was also, um, after the 2000, we had a lot of Fed accommodation. And I think that's going to be the big question here is when does the evolution 
of an alternative currency or a DeFi uh, really start to take hold, having nothing to do with Fed policy. And I think maybe that's really where it's the CFI versus the DeFi. And I think we really have to kind of wait on that. So the, the similarities, but the difference, like I said, is with cryptocurrency, I see that not as the status quo, not like these big tech companies, but rather an alternative way for what we unfortunate baby boomers have kind of screwed up for all of the younger generations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, interestingly enough, when you mention the survivorship bias, for example, when you look at Amazon rather than pets.com, probably another important point to point out there is that Amazon was underwater, I believe, for seven and a half years if you bought it at its peak in 1999. Yes, absolutely. In fact, it was really not until like 2014 or 15. Uh, maybe even later than that, when Amazon finally, it was trading at about $300 a share, and it finally had a profitable quarter. And that's when the thing went crazy. But what was so interesting is if you use a consumer instinct, and I think, I haven't really explored this yet, but you're getting me to think about this a little bit, Ash, is if we're going to tie the cryptocurrency to a consumer instinct. And with Amazon, what I mean is it got to the point where wherever you went, and you start a conversation with people, ultimately Amazon would come up as, hey, you know what? I don't buy basic goods for the house anymore by going to the store. I'm now buying it on Amazon or I'm getting my vitamins on Amazon. And that's when you started to think, wow, it's really going more into an adoption and a mainstream adoption. And I think that's really, we're seeing that starting here with the cryptocurrency to a degree but I think that's really what we're going to have to be looking for more and more as we go forward is how much more adoption do we get more mainstream. And, and I think that's really what's keeping it alive right now is the fact that we still have a lot of institutional investment. So with that as prologue, Holden Milstein, you look at this. This is your bread and butter all day long over at Market Gauge. Give us your view of where these markets are right now. Big picture. Well, <clears throat> right now, it's not fun to tell people that uh, if anyone asks what I do, it's easier to say I'm a financial analyst than a crypto analyst. And I think that goes without saying, you know, two thirds of the overall crypto market cap has gotten wiped out in the last six to nine months. Um, we've been in a prolonged bear market um, where altcoins are taking 80 to 90% hits, Bitcoin around 70 um, from peak. So, you know, the best thing as a trader or as an investor in this brand new, you know, landscape of digital currencies, digital assets is you have to protect your downside. You have to make sure that you can live to fight another day. And, you know, all of the FUD, um, all the bad news, all of the um, insolvencies that we're seeing in big centralized um, crypto participants right now, it's, for those that are involved or work in crypto every day, 
none of this is surprising. Um, and whether you want to look at this as, you know, institutional capitulation, what we're seeing right now, or rather just, you know, institutional woes as the industry is building out and, you know, scaling and creating new use cases for global adoption, you know, it's growing pains. And anyone who's trying to pick the bottom of the market right now, anyone who's trying to find the next 100x trade opportunity, I believe are missing the point. Um, and, you know, like the comparison to the dot-com um, bubble, you know, the builders are who ended up surviving. Um, those that created infrastructure for the new technology, for the internet, for the new, you know, technological revolution are the ones who are still the big names today, right? So seeing people get wiped out of coins like Luna um, or the most recent Celsius mayhem, it's really unfortunate, um, but there's going to be more dominoes to fall, more than likely. And without regulators on any sort of unified front right now, um, I am fully anticipating that we're going to just have a choppy bear market very likely until U.S. midterms, where the U.S. as a um, forefront of you know global regulators, I think when crypto becomes politicized um, forcefully, you know, that's going to be the point where your everyday citizen, you know, is going to start thinking, well, should I be swiping my credit card when I go to the store? Should I be using crypto where I'm paying less fees? Should, you know, so as use cases be are, are created as regulators, hopefully, um, you know, get on the same page as far as um, consumer protections. I think that we're going to start seeing um, clearer skies with crypto, very likely by the fourth quarter this year. But yeah, right now it's, it's a bump in the road. And I don't think it's much more than that. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.